This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Kelly, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the school year. And some people call it the new 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 year. year. Yes. Yeah. Happy back to school. So yeah, we're going to talk about um, managing um, with chaotic schedules and just some tips and tricks that we've found and others um, that work. Yeah, how you can set systems up um, so you can have a successful school year. Yep. So tune in. Yeah. Join us and happy new year. Hey, Cal, I wanted to talk to you today about quiet quitting. Oh, yeah. I heard heard about about this. Yeah, I have. What do you think about it? Well, so I'm not sure I like the way I don't like the term quiet quitting, but it's saying that when employees quit going above and beyond what they're paid to do. So people feel unappreciated. And so they stop staying late after work um, and they don't do anything beyond their job description. Um, and that workers are exhausted and some people are saying it's unhealthy because you should just leave the job if you don't like it. So I have a lot of opinions about this. Um, you too. I think it's been around forever. So new term, old thing, right? People, you couldn't call it people phoning it in people cruising, whatever it is. I started my career as, you know, a little 20 something in a small smaller town um, with mostly older people that were there who were like nearing retirement. And so many of them were like phoning it in, right? They'd show up and they would do their work and they would go home and they didn't work, go much above and beyond. I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I think nowadays, those are people who are burnt out. And those are people who have been asking for help and asking for support from their bosses and their colleagues and everybody feels the same and people don't feel empowered to make a change. They like who they work with. They like the kind of work they want to do and they haven't found anything else worthwhile enough for them to leave. And I think, I think it's called boundaries. Like, why are you going, why are you staying late? Why, why are you staying late and doing more than your job description? Why is that like, like you're quietly quitting by not doing the things you're not paid to do. I mean, I think I work with so many people who work in corporate jobs. You know, I'm in Vegas, a lot of people working on the strip, you know, Vegas is 24 seven city. And so it's very easy that I see people who are working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And it's like, why, why, you know? And so I think it's healthy to set boundaries and not, I, I don't know, like just do what you're paid to do. And if they want you to do more, then change your job description and pay people more. I think that, you know, one of the problems with America, one, just one, one of the problems, but, um, you know, I really just don't think that a lot of managers have the right tools and are equipped to manage their team and give them the social emotional support that they need. So if you're quiet quitting, chances are you lost care. Somebody took the wind out of your sails and you just are doing barely enough to get by. And if even you get fired tomorrow, you wouldn't be surprised because you're taking that risk. And I don't think that is fair to the company or yourself. And what is too bad is this goes on to another topic that I was talking to a friend about, which is like anytime, anytime anybody quits their job, And their employer is like, I wish I would have known. I wish you would have told me like we could have worked together to solve this. That's crap. Nobody does that. You can't say, hey, look, manager, I'm really unhappy here and I'm looking for another job right now. Maybe you do, but people who do rarely does a boss come around to find a way to save you. Now, I will say this. I have a client right now, which is one of my favorite companies. And I think it's one of the best managed companies I've ever dealt with. And if you went to somebody in that company and you said that they have a mentor program and all of that, they would find a job for you. They would find a way to make you stay, to help you stay because they care about their employees. I don't think a lot of companies care about their employees that way. They don't make it a primary thing. Well, I think... You know, there was a poll and I I totally agree with this, found that American workers are some of the most stressed in the world. And so, I mean, you know, you and I have traveled globally, like we have it so messed up, right? Like we, we work, 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 work and die here. You know, it's not like we have this balance. And I think we're talking kind of about two, I think kind of two different things a little bit, right? Is it's like, 
quiet quitting as in you're just giving up and you're completely checked out emotionally from work and quiet quitting as you're setting boundaries and like realize like, Hey, I've been working 50 hours a week and doing two people's jobs and that's not necessary. You know, I think those are kind of two different things, but I, but I encourage people to do that. Right. I, but I do think some, some managers have no idea. They have absolutely no idea. I do think it would be important like that you would go and say, you know, I'm unhappy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm finding that like, I'm picking up the slack for this person and this person, and this person, and I'm not feeling appreciated. Right. Or you ask, I have clients who ask for meetings with their managers all the time just to get feedback and talk about things. Um, and, uh, if, if no one's working with you, right. And no one's trying and no one cares. But yeah, I don't know, but they make it seem simple. Like, why don't you get a new job? Life's hard. You have family, you have bills, you have things going on. You have maybe, you know, there are no other opportunities for you. And so how can you emotionally disengage in a way that's healthy for you, but that you're still doing what's expected of you? I think that's a good point. Um, I support quite <laughs> I think from a, I think it's important from a boundaries perspective, but I've right. had so many different, you have too, but I've had so many different bosses and there's so many different ways to do it. And I just feel like literally right now in this time in 2022, companies should be figuring out ways to provide social and emotional support to their employees, just like schools are trying to find the same thing for students. Like you need to take care of your people and you need to take care of each other. And for people to yeah. be if people have to, if you have to call it quiet quitting because you're not working on weekends, I, yeah, I, I agree just that I don't think those are companies that you should be working for. And what I'm, I'm talking about, like a salaried, um, white collared kind of gig, right? right? Like, right. and everybody knows if you work in finance, there's tax season or there's year end clothes and you have to work weekends. Those are things that just happen. And that's part of what you sign up for and too bad. But if you're working weekends consistently because you have too much work to do, I agree with you, Jess. I mean, that's why well, because, we work the way we yeah, do when we yeah. went out on our own, right? Because yeah. I can't work for the man. I don't want to work 50 <laughs> hours a week and I can't help myself. You get so addicted to like wanting to do good and wanting to like keep everybody happy that you just work all the time, but it never ends. But I think you and I are both smart. I, I remember, okay. And we're having, um, Samantha Benowitz on the podcast. I love her so much. And we went to grad school together and we always had to do group projects, but you got to choose your group. And Sam and I, Sam was like, I'm a, I'm a smart worker, not a hard worker. And I'd never heard that before. And I'm like, that is me. Like, I want to get it done and I want to get the A, but I'm not, but I'm going to do it as efficiently as possible. And I think that's, you're very similar. And that's one of the many reasons we started the podcast is because we're always looking for ways to do things better. Yeah. And we're always always doing researching and all those things. And it's like, when you work at a company and you see things that could be more efficient, you could see things that could be better. You see, you know, and it's like exhausting and overwhelming to make those changes within a large organization. It's like, you know what, I'm just going to like start my own, like for me, a practice, right. And do it the way I want to do it. And then I only answer to me and then things go the way that I think they should go. <laughs> well, I think there's something to be said though, that there are companies that provide people the support they need to be successful and to do all those things. They're just really few and far between. And so mm -hmm. for people, I feel like you do just kind of get stuck, right? You get stuck in being like, okay, well, I like this job because of X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to stay here and just start to establish some boundaries. So I feel like I can like at least live with myself. Yeah. And I mean, I think I've been really fortunate. I had some really great companies I worked for. I had one company, I forget what it, it was, but like, you know, they were paying for programming to change your organizational culture. And this was an employee a company. I think we had like less than 10 employees. Right. And then I had another company and we were paying a psychologist to come in and change your organizational culture. And so I got to be you know, part of change in a lot of places who were trying to be like, what makes people happy? How can we retain employees? And that was really fun and cool to be with. But I've had jobs where I'm just like, I'm so I'm doing my job. I'm going home. Peace out, everybody. Like, I'm not going to be invested in this, you know, bureaucratic red tape craziness. So I'm just doing my job and going home. I end. feel like one of the things is maybe generational differences is that finding people identify with their jobs, that that's part of their identity. 
And I feel like, do you think maybe quiet quitting is this idea of starting to separate your identity, your own identity from your work? Right. That's why I think it's positive. Like, I think we need to have a balance of liking all of these things. And I, I do a pie chart in my practice and it's like a circle and one half is home and one half is work. And that's so many people I see who have not been able to strike that balance of it's like, okay, so if work sucks and then home sucks, you have nothing. But if you're able to break that up in little slices of pie, you know, and then you're like, oh, I have hobbies and I have friends and I have a a relationship and I have my health and I have right. All of these other things. So works a tiny little slice of the pie. So I think that's healthy. And and I do think Americans uh, are overworked and it's crazy. You know, like people are working to die. That's it. The end. Right. I maybe that's, that's true success, but I really feel like get a good job, get a pension and die. I feel like that was like the vibe in America for. Yeah. yeah. No, time. I mean, that's kind of the baby right. boomer mentality in a right, lot of right, ways. Right. And I yeah. feel like we uh, we're the generation that were parents of baby boomers, children of baby boomers. <laughs> and <laughs> hey, I'm glad I was able to like critically think about what I just said. I was like, I was I was with you. I was like, yeah, we're parents. Of, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that in us. And I think we're trying to figure out how to like strike the balance. And I feel like millennials have this rap or reputation of being the opposite, right? Where their personal life and like the job is just like to earn money or that they find something to that they love. Um, so it, it was interesting because we were watching a show on Netflix and the guy said, um, he was like, rattling off all these cliches but one of them is um if you if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life right and brian was like that's me you know and there are people who happen to be in a field that they absolutely love what they do like it is their hobby their hobby becomes you know their profession I feel like that's where we've all struggled. I don't, you know, do you think all the tax advisors in the world are like, this is what I, this is my hobby. I love tax advising. Like right. I just want to do it all the time. I well, mean, that's where I think millennials have it right. Right. Where um, I think they were the push behind the me too movement. And I do think they're kind of like, um, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not, yeah, that's not worth it. I'm not doing that or whatever, which I think it's like, why is that wrong? Like, aren't we talking about listening to your knowing? Aren't we talking about finding your joy? I mean, isn't that what we're striving for? But I also don't think it's so Pollyanna-ish all the time. Like I absolutely love what I do and I'm super passionate about it, but we all have times where we're burnout or we're stressed or we question what we're doing. It's not like, a hundred percent of the it's time we're like, life is off. wonderful. And I love yeah. every single thing we're out. We question ourselves and we reevaluate and, 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 and explore. And, but yeah, anyways, I think that, I think if I summarize what we were saying about quiet quitting is we think it's just, it highlights a dysfunction in the American workforce. Yeah. And we think that it's healthy to have time where you're emotionally disengaged from work. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're preparing little worker bees as school starts, right? We're preparing little, little children to enter the workforce, the school starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. School has started. And I know different parts of the U.S. start at different times. It seems like West Coast starts earlier. And then as it goes east, they start later or is it like each of the coasts start later um the public schools here in chicago traditionally started after labor day this is the first year that they have not and instead they've started early um there probably is a reason why i've heard mixed reasons but um we're starting like this week and i think you guys started last week august well we started our kids started a week later. Clark County School District started August 8th. My kids started August 15th. You oh, guys started okay. August 22nd. Yes. Still a lot of um, East Coast starts after Labor Day. Yeah. 
Well, we started, they started this and we were getting the entire week off of Thanksgiving and I was all on board and then we're done before Memorial Day, which makes sense to me because it was like dumb that you would have Memorial Day and then you'd go to school for like five more days. So to me, I'm like, okay, let's start early, get done before Memorial Day weekend and also get the week of Thanksgiving off, but we no longer get the week of Thanksgiving off. So I'm just like, whatever. Well, I guess that's one thing is it never changed. It's never a dull moment on school schedules. We were, I was even talking to somebody about how Vegas was year round schools for like a minute. You know, I feel like that was like, it's not, it was not through CCSD. It was every school was different. And I don't know if some schools have it, but it was due to overcrowding. So you had like blocks or our kids did it for a year. So, so you did like, I don't know, pods. I don't know if that makes sense, but like this group. Oh yeah. I kind of remember that you guys did that. Like huh? you had, and so then you would have, you would you have, have these weird days off. That's when you guys would come out to off. visit us. Yeah. We, it was awesome. Cause we traveled a lot that year. So you would be like, Oh, you start school, um, October, but then you have a break, um, November, like it wasn't traditional breaks. So you would go a chunk of time and you'd have, you know, you would have, um, breaks and so during those breaks the other kids were going i don't know my brain is broken i i don't know how that fits with i guess at one at any one time one pod was not in school and that helped with overcrowding and so our school was doing that when our kids went to this when we changed schools and went to public school our kids did that for a year and we really loved it but but i love like what um i know we were talking earlier that you were saying it's like the new new year yeah right and it is it's almost like this is a new year just like how you start january 1st it's like we're gonna have this this and we're gonna do it this way and yeah you want resolutions and and, all the things right yeah i think yeah yeah for um, for you is there anything new you're implementing that you that you're like this is what we're doing 2022 we're gonna get it all together and do this um well we made some i think from a sports perspective we were making some really big changes and just um with that like my youngest is starting a club soccer team which is a big commitment because it's practices twice a week and games on the weekends and we really never had our youngest doing much maybe you know he did like one or two days a week thing but this is a pretty significant commitment well he wasn't he wasn't he was always in something but each thing he was in was not a big time commitment yeah and if we skipped it it wasn't a big deal kind of thing right Right. now this is like the thing so i would say from a scheduling perspective um our goal is what i'm trying to do is really only commit to things that we can control the schedule on um because i and you know it's like i have i have friends that are like you and have three kids and um you can't each kid needs an opportunity to do something so what we're trying to do is kind of manage our schedule in a way that it doesn't feel like every single day there's something um my oldest does baseball travel baseball and we spend the whole summer doing baseball all the time. So, um, we're trying to, trying to change that up a little bit this year. Um, both my kids are changing schools, which is a different schedule. And actually that's another thing that's been amazing is because, um, and I know you hate me every time I say it, but, um, the kids, I never hate you. My kids have started doing after school program till 6 PM. That's like a half block from my house. I, I joke with you because you'll be like, oh, I found this program for the kids. They go 40 hours a week. It's $5. (laughs) And I'm like, what the hell? Like you find these amazing programs around the corner from your house and it's, it's cost a nickel. And I'm like, yeah, it's so weird that you guys don't have a lot of that stuff. Well, you guys, you guys have to drive everywhere and we, we have, we, so, so, okay. You're in the city. You live in a city. And we essentially live in the suburbs. So true. It's not like we can have things that kids can walk to. We have rec center and rec center programs, but even those programs are, are very pricey. Mm. You know, I know families that do, I mean, you're talking at least, at least 150 a week per kid. Right. And that's what you pay for the entire year for 12 kids. Right. (laughs) No, I mean, I think, and what's interesting is it's, um, yeah, because it's, um, what I think it's 300 per kid for the year. That's insane. And that's so amazing. The public school has an after school program, right? But it's 300 per kid per month. Yeah. So it's a huge difference. And, you know, my kids are old enough 
that they're with friends and they can walk over there by themselves. And they know all the park people because it's the same park they did summer camp with. And they just do sports all the time. And my kids love So your kids and a group of 20 children are leaving their little public school. They're walking two blocks to a park program where they play all day until 6 p.m. So if I, to correct, for this, for me to just summarize your situation, you drop your children off at 8 a.m., you don't see them for 10 hours. They play all day and you paid $1. <laughs> That's true. That's summarize. More or less. 10 More hours less. of non-child time we, yes, where they're was, loving it and they're enjoying it and they're begging for this. And you spent a quarter. Okay. It was yesterday. We picked them up at 530, to be honest. Oh, God. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. You had nine and a half Full hours. disclosure. Um, it was our first day of school. Oh, my gosh. That was like, that's like a work day. They were gone that whole time. They were exhausted. They, were, they had no water. They're like, we Did don't they have any water. Oh, they don't have like our school. Well, we have a new, the brand new building. Has, We've got the water fillers. This, their school has water fillers, water but fillers? the park they doesn't. Doing? They just have um, water fountains and I think they're too lazy. So today I was like, make sure you refill your waters before you leave school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. So back to school stuff and like managing chaos. One of them is just kind of controlling schedules or managing schedules. Um, you know, some things that we do, we have a shared family calendar. So we put everything. It's like, in a lot of ways, I in Chicago, since we're dibsy kind of people, it's like a dibs on dates and things like that, too. So we at least know what is going on with each of our family what, members. I'm sorry. Dual you, income. What is no, dibsy? dibs oh. is just like I call dibs on oh. the purple popsicle. You know what I mean? So, oh, well, you, you said you live in it, Chicago. So was that a thing? They like dibs I parking. People say dibs all the time. I know. But what? here there's like dibs parking. What does that mean? Is that, is that literally what it's called? No. Yeah. Well, it is that you, it's called dibs parking, but you put like you, a trash can in your curb and then everyone knows that's yours. Like you've called called dibs on it. Yeah. I lived in Philadelphia. And if you did that and how many parked anyway, they were shootings every year. No, there, yeah. You could, there were no dibs. You would just do, it was a free for all chaos for parking. Um, (laughs) So I hear in Chicago, people respect the dibs. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, for the most part, yes. Yeah. There are always issues. So whoever, and then, so we all have iPhones and so we use Apple calendar, yep. family calendar. And mm-hmm. just like with many calendars, you can do colors, right? And so we have the family, we call it the family calendar that the kids are on. So yeah. our two older kids have iPhones and my husband, and I have iPhones. And so we do yellow right so that would be like if someone has practice everyone knows that kid has practice everyone kind of for the family stuff and then um we also all of their their uh sports uses um apps that you can subscribe to and so we do that and so we also so part i would also say along with the scheduling is that you um you uh activate your village village unite and our village is mom and dad are here so mom and dad are they sync their calendars to all the apps and they know what's happening and then um and then they'll know all the schedules and then they and and so we have a family meeting just and i will on sundays what's going on this week we talk about it and then we call mom and mom's like what do you need us to do this week because we're so lucky because we have two parents here they each have a car our dad works from home our mom is retired even though she's not really because she has like five jobs now but she's quote unquote retired mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we say like um like yesterday i need her to i i have her pick up the kids one to two times a week or we need um someone to travel for practice because we do have three children and so we are outnumbered and we do want yep our kids to be in activities. And I'm even thinking the one thing I love about club sports is Giovanni's still doing rec sports, but the great thing about club sports is it's very much set in stone. Dominic has had practice Mondays and Wednesdays for 18 months. And I'm almost like wanting him to go into the club ball because now he's on a new team because the old rec team isn't together. So he's on a new, he was the brewers now he's the giants. Mm-hmm. We have new coach, new stuff. And you know how you're like, okay, I just want like one team Forever. where it's all the same and everything's the same practice all the time and nothing ever changes. Because like you said, when you have control of that schedule, 
you know, it's just kind of helpful. And so he has piano and I had to talk to the piano teacher because now he has practice on Monday just for two weeks. And so we had to leave piano early, you know, what it is. But I, so I would say, mm-hmm. okay, shared scheduling. Uh, if, if you need carpooling, you know, uh, looking around and seeing who who can do shared rides yeah i need to do that yeah i agree i think um that's another thing that i rely on when i need it and i also need to find a driver i think i'm going to look for somebody like a teacher or somebody who's willing to um do some driving because um in case we have you know in case one of us is out of town um we don't feel like we can one of us can manage all the schedules. I always tell my clients, and I think this has been my experience, you need three babysitters. You need three bodies that can drive or that you have on. No, like well, one to one three kids, but like, no, 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 no. Like, oh my God, we have to go. Like, I this like really happens. But like, for instance, Justin has like an office Christmas party every year. Well, our parents... Um, they're not sitting around waiting for us. Our parents have an incredibly active social life. And so they'll be like, oh, we're going to five Christmas parties. Right. And so it's like, oh, crap. Mom can't do it. Dad can't do it. You know, my friend Teresa, who we had on the podcast, is amazing. And she helps with my kids or or a babysitter or a nanny or, you know, like that you have a list of people that way you're in your bind. When you're in a bind, you've developed these relationships with people you trust. It doesn't have to be someone you pay. Right. It could be like, oh, yeah their best friend's mom or, you know, yeah, whatever just that you have people line. in your village that yeah. you would let your kids stay the night their and house you know, or ride in I their car or whatever. I that agree. Is. Like, and paid, unpaid, whatever. I don't mind helping. And I think that's where it's hard to ask for help for me, but I actually like to help. So it is a weird thing. And I think I've over the years, I've gotten better at just asking for help because people are happy to help. And it's not like, right. cause I feel like some people are weird about, asking for help because they don't want to feel like they owe you something or you know what I mean? Like, um, I've talked about this before. Yeah. I mean, I'm a recovering know-it-all. And so it would have to do with my know-it-allness. It would have to be like admitting that I don't, I don't know, that you can't be in two places at once. I can do it all. I can do it all. I can do it all. I'm perfect. I'm a perfect human. I'm a perfect specimen of humanity and I can do it. All. So but I mean, my of, third kid broke me. So I ask for help all the time. The end. <laughs> um, in terms of schedules and scheduling, um, a couple other things I just wanted to throw out. One of the things is a morning routine and an evening routine and like getting back to those, like part of back to school is that those things change um, from what you are doing. And it's hard you know, especially mornings. I don't know about you, but like mornings are chaos. It, it can be minor chaos. It can be a lot of chaos, but it requires management. Go put on your shoes. I would say go put on your socks. The only route, the only thing we've changed for our routine this year. I know other people do this, and this is amazing, but I am making the lunch the night before, and that is changing our life. Um, Dominic goes. And has the free school lunch, which is amazing. But my other two cannot get on board mm. with the diversity of food that is presented to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gabby's fine. Gabby will make her own lunch. She's 14. It's fine. But it's just, you know, looking like planning. So I plan all of their, this is what's been helpful. That's new for me this year is I write a menu for their lunches. I talk to both of them and say, what do they want? And then that helps me focus. And then I put their lunches together and then put them in the lunch bag in the fridge in the morning. All I do is grab it out at an ice bag and hand it to them. And so our morning routine is I get up first, I get the older two up, I get breakfast going. Then I get the crazy third child who's crazy. And every morning says he can't see because his eyes are closed and mm-hmm. he, it's he very bright. Uh, fusses for like five or 10 minutes that he can't open his eyes. and mm-hmm. wake up. And then, um, and then we all get ready. So we kind of have that down pat. We all, we get up at six, the older two get up at six, the youngest gets up at six twenty, and we are out the door six fifty, um, cause they like to be at school very early. And then we have, um, before care at our school, if you have a sibling. So, so we have a K, we're a K through a 12 school. And so if you have a sibling, an older sibling have to go to school early, you just pay $2 a day not for the whole year, 
two dollars a day, um, and then they can go at early care. And then when school is over for my older two at two thirty, they stay on campus thirty minutes. They wait till three o'clock, then they get the youngest. And so that's kind of our little um, schedule and routine. And then you know bedtime. Everybody knows um, sleep is critically important, which is why you know we have our our book club uh, book um, September yes. 29th when that drops our podcast on why we sleep, why it's so important. But sleep is super important, and so um, we've had our kids, a few of our kids take melatonin to kind of help with their sleep cycle. Um, they have a hard time winding down. Um, but we start, you know, we'll take, we, we have low lights, start winding things down. Everybody sleep, um, the, the younger to asleep by 9 PM. Um, and, and so we definitely are pretty strict about bedtime, uh, baseball games can mess that up, but we try, um, no later than 9 PM for the younger two. My middle child has always needed a ton of sleep. Um, and so yeah. that's really important. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, him. you know, you have to figure out what works for your kid as well yeah. in terms of, you know, if they're, you know, I would consider it common sense, but you know, it's like within reason, like if your kid normally gets up on their own and then now they find themselves sleeping in that you need to probably put them to bed a little earlier. Some kids just don't ever want to get out of bed. Um, the recommendation is 10 to 12 hours of sleep for elementary age kids and eight and a half to nine and a half hours for teens. So, yes. Yeah, so, so Dominic has needed 11 hours his entire life. When he turned 11, he's good with less and Gabby and Giovanni have always needed less sleep. Always. Giovanni has never slept a long time. And so nine hours is good for him. When Gabby turned 13, I mean, she's super independent. We don't know what she does. We go to bed. I don't know what happens, but she's up every morning. She is successful at school. She completes all of her tasks. She doesn't complain about being tired. So we don't know how late she's staying up, but you know, I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm still overseeing the sleep thing for now, but, um, Wes being 12, he's getting there. I mean, he's pretty easy in the morning. He knows the routine for breakfast and getting ready and all that stuff. I don't have to remind him. Um, I don't know what age do you think it flips because Becca being eight, maybe by the time he's 10, like he's a pain in the butt to get, you know, get out of like bed. constant. Well, out of bed is that's just fine. But like just the, Oh, get on your socks. Did you brush your teeth? Did you put your shoes on? Did you make your bag? Did you, it's like every single day. Fifth grade. I don't, I, I, for Gabby, I, I don't, I don't know, but like fifth grade for Dominic, he just like flipped a switch and was on it. And that boy is in the car okay. way before everybody else. Um, Gabby, I'm just trying to think she, gosh, my gosh, Gabby was dressing herself by like three. I don't even know. And I mean, you could tell she was dressing herself at that age. She would have different shoes, different colored shoes and different socks and whatever. But she's always kind of been on her, right. You just kind of tell her once Dominic was my one that like, you can't give him more than like one task at a time. Cause he, you know, if you gave him three things to do, it would be like he could do the one thing and mm -hmm. then not the others, but by fifth grade. So that would be 10 for him, you know, by fifth grade, okay. he just is on his own and does okay. his own thing and it all clicked together for him. Um, and I don't know because the more kids you have, right? Like Gio's definitely the baby. We treat him like a baby. He is the baby. We carry him downstairs in the morning. Right. And Gabby, we probably would have been like, get up and have, have your suit and have, and book, make breakfast for everyone at five. <laughs> Gio's like we carry little Gio downstairs, make him his little breakfast, um, and so we we know we're we yeah you know we're messing him up, treating him like a baby, but he's seven. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah, I was just gonna say sleep in that routine and like getting up at the same time, going to bed at the same time. Yeah. That's all really important and healthy. Yeah, and also one of the things that we haven't had to get to is a homework routine, right? Like having the same time each day or whatever it is to do homework something we're like still that. troubleshooting that so our kids have blended learning which is computer stuff right so they have different computer programs they have to mm -hmm. complete tasks puzzles beyond their certain time and the reading um but we're it's really new in the year and so we're gonna see when when gabby went to middle school she did all of her homework during school yeah um so that's what she's doing in high school and dominic so far is doing the same thing not that they won't have projects and tests and sure. stuff and then um 
for Giovanni, it's interesting, right? So like, it's interesting to know when to do it. So we're still troubleshooting. So sometimes it's like, get home and just do it and get it out of the way. But yesterday we tried to do that and he was not having it. He wanted to play. He didn't want to sit. And, um, but then he had practice. And so we are like, should we, uh, the way that so far I think they're doing it is he has a packet and it's due the next week. And he has all of these things that need to be done in a week's time. So we're troubleshooting yep. like, okay, he has practice Monday, Wednesday. We're not going to do any, we're just going to read yes, Monday, Wednesday. Right, and then right. we're going to do two practice pages, Tuesday, Thursday, whatever. And I even told Justin, maybe we'll just wait on the weekend. Cause he was, I was doing telehealth and Justin got home early and Gio was just like screaming during all of my sessions. And he was like, that's not working. Right. Like trying to get him on task wasn't working. So yeah, but I think you have to know each kid and, and when they can get things done, sometimes it's better to get it done right away. Sometimes they need a buffer to play a little bit, decompress, have a snack. Yeah. Just kind of figuring out with your Well, kid. even the whole reading thing. So my youngest loves to read. You just have to tell him to read and he'll just read. Um, and so before bed for him with reading is super easy and fine. But Wes, he gets tired. He'll start to fall asleep. He reads like three pages. And so what I never thought of until this year is asking him to do his reading in the mornings when he gets up because he's an early riser anyway. Yeah. So ask him to, you know, asking him to read um, before he turns on the television is the plan for this year to see if that works. Yeah, for and if they Gabby can't read in the car. Justin can't read in the car, but Dominic can. So I used to have him read because we drive to school. So I'd have him read on the way to school. Um, <clears throat> I've been, I feel so busy. Not, I don't know, for my older ones, if they're supposed to be reading in school, I'm like, give me your book. What page are you on? By Friday, it will show me what page you're on. Tell me what you read. And that's how I check progress. So if they're still, if, if he read five pages in five days, I'm like, this isn't okay mm-hmm. you have to sit right here in that chair <laughs> and read because i was trusting that you were reading and you did not um, but for Gio, it's easy because they're like you know he's second grade so we read together and you know and then and then for gabby they don't have to be reading anymore because they're doing do you know that her you know her book you want to hear her book list this year are you ready for this okay obviously to kill a mockingbird Right. Okay. The book, that. the book thief, which I did not read. I refused to read because oh, I great book. I'll go into it. I was really, really good. I like that book. Oh, I thought it was great. It, I don't know why I'm avoiding it, but I've read so many Holocaust books. I'm I like, know, but that I, one doesn't have as much. Oh, you know what though? I didn't, it didn't, it was, there's some tenuous moments in it, but it's happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then her other book is, um, hotel on the corner of bitter and sweet. Oh, read that too. Okay. So I feel like those are, that's a lot of reading. You know what I mean? Like she's gonna be reading in school. So she that's doesn't cool. read. That's a very diverse, very yeah. diverse group. And Dominic is supposed to be reading, which Gabby read a long time ago, a long walk to water. Highly recommend about the children in Sudan. You know how they like walked all the way across Africa. Such a great, great, great book. Gabby read it in fourth grade. So I feel like that's a easy read, easy read, long walk to water. He's also going to be reading uh, Lord of the Flies, right? Of course, Lord of the Flies. And oh, love another, Lord of the Flies. another book I was probably supposed to buy and can't think of, but I'm like, ooh, they're reading great books. So it's nice when they're reading the novels in class and we're over yes. having to monitor the 30 minutes a day situation because that's just a pain. Well, it always got confusing because um, that was like, if they're reading that, should they be reading in addition to that? So in our school, they have, they have accelerated reader and, um, Gabby had it in grade school too. And so it's like where you read and have to take a quiz and then you get points for it. And so, um, when she was an accelerated, it was so crazy. I think she had to get 25 points a quarter, which is so insane. So when she was in sixth and seventh grade, they had AR. And so she was having to read in addition to that, because let's say that book that they read was 15 AR points. You're not going to get the 25 AR points. Um, and so they stopped that and they stopped AR for middle school. And I'm hoping they're stopping mm-hmm. it for Dominic because you know what I mean? Like your, your, your workload is so different. So for yeah. Giovanni, he reads a book that's half and that's half a point. And so, um, so yeah, they had to read in addition to all of that, which was 
A lot. A lot. A lot. But but yes, I think we talked about schedules and routines. And then we're kind of starting to get into setting up systems, like what systems work for your family. So what do you think the difference is of systems versus like routine and schedule? Like what how is that different for you? Well, I think system is the physical part. So schedules and routines are sort of this like um the things that you're doing every day, but also just like the planning piece. The system is the act. So it's more like, where are you putting the bags? How do you organize your snacks? You know, making sure, you know, if your kids come home and hungry, that they have options that are healthy and balanced and not just junk. Um, We have cubbies, like their shoes, they walk in the door, shoes go in the cubby, backpacks go in the hook, but they put their lunch, their lunch in the sink. Yeah. So like those are all systems, right? Putting all those in place. We're still working through all that. And for us, we're in the middle of renovations in our house. So it's a little bit more loose. I saw the cutest TikTok. And I don't know if you saw me do it last year where someone took a little hanging. It was like a a 10 cubby shoe thing that you hang in your closet and they cut it in half and they wrapped all what the kids were going to wear. They wrapped it up and rolled it and stuck it. Oh, that's cool. And so I did it last year and I gave all the kids one. Um, but we wear uniforms. <laughs> so it's like, it was, it, it was nice, but it's like, you know what you're going to wear because you have uniforms, but like maybe for your kids this year, that would be something, right? Like have all of your outfits picked up and ready to go. And then you just grab your clothes and go. But it's like Dominic's has PE this year. So every year it's shorts and a t-shirt. Like we have uniforms. So it's everything mixes and matches with the uniform. So it's not like you have to think, right? Well, our kids don't have a uniform and they just wear, you know, Right. Whatever they would wear any other day. So I feel like it's, I did force them to wear something decent for their first But if they were like, like my kids would, would be like, and Gabby was last week and I was trying not to freak out because I had all these speeches on having her stuff ready. Maybe the night before school and be like, can you wash my black polo? I just only want to wear the black polo tomorrow. Right. So you have red and gray, but she only wants that one. So I feel like if somebody woke up and was like, where's my orange basketball shirt, I would be annoyed. Yeah, I think so, fine. making sure like planning, even though they can wear whatever they want, it's this, like making sure the night before you've got it picked out. And it goes back to kind of keying in on your kids, right? And figuring out how they operate. And some kids need need to have um they have certain requirements so they need certain things. And if they don't have it, they go crazy. So that makes right, sense. Right. But I like that like are you and you talk about yeah, so like where do your bags go? Where do your books go? Do you have um like how are they having their snack and all that kind of stuff. And like for us too, in the systems are, where are you charging our Chromebooks? Our older two have Chromebooks. They take back and forth. Are you charging your Chromebook? Where is it going? So my son was putting it in the kitchen and then I spilled stuff on it because it's in the freaking middle of the kitchen. I'm like, put it in here. And he kept, you know, we're battling where this Chromebook should go because I think it should be in a safe place away from yeah. things, but then whatever. So, you know, again, where does the Chromebook yeah. go? Where do you put out your stuff for the systems? Even a sports gear, right? Like having things mm-hmm. like having your kids, like when Becca gets home today, he knows he needs to get his shin guards and his ball and he needs to get everything ready so that we don't forget it on our way out the door. Yeah. And I, so my stuff was, it was left in my car. And then if I go to work, several times Justin has had to go to the work to my work to get to Gabby's get bag out. Car, yeah. But it's because our we're trying to figure out garage stuff, but like their you know, Wes's equipment is huge. Their their equipment is so much that it's like I don't know, we have to develop a system on where to hang it and put it in the garage because it was easier just to have we it just, in the car and so it wasn't Wes is a catcher and we just got a new bag. So he just has a giant gear bag. Right. Which makes right. And so yeah. And I think um and then also I think kind of going with with systems, but with all of this is meal planning. Yeah, I was gonna say that's I think the the last point is really talking about food and meal planning. So one is snacks and you know, I think from a snack perspective for me, what I struggle what my kids um require some oversight on is Beckett, aside from being a Takis sunflower seed, sunflower seed, Taki flavored sunflower seeds. Beckett has an addiction to them. And I looked at the ingredients mm. and it's like not good for you. And all like, super buddy, organic like, and natural. I was yeah, like, obviously. buddy, like everything in moderation, like let's go every other day on that. Cause you, if you turn your head, he's got a bag. And then he's like, <laughs> cause his mouth is on fire. Anyway, that's hilarious. Anyway, so I'm, I'm hiding those. Um, but also, you know, I don't know if you guys, you have kids that um, will just eat 
a bag full of snacks and then won't eat anything for dinner, right? Same old thing, but that's pretty much where it's like monitoring the window of when they're hungry in some way. Well, I know. I feel like though, so here's my conundrum that if you want to teach your children to eat when they're hungry and they're hungry and their body's telling them they're hungry, um, you know, I, I think that's a balance. Well, I you know think what I mean? there's that, but also like, I'm trying to just be like, here's a serving size of the sun chips. Like don't eat the whole bag of sun chips right, right, and right. check yourself. And do you need some grapes? And are you really hungry? Do you need some water? Like, cause sometimes right. eat for my, for Beckett, he will eat and eat and then he won't eat any dinner. So he just filled up on an entire bag of sun chips and then he's not eating any like grilled right. chicken or whatever right. it is. And that's what right. doesn't work out well for us. Um, Wes is different. Wes just eats all the time. Anyway, so and I, I love, planning. yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to plug and we have a little, a little video on our YouTube channel, but I'm still obsessed with boards, your big boards for families. And I'm putting, it's going to be, I'm don't worry. I'm going to be putting something together on our website about it because I'm trying a week of boards, oh, but this cool. whole like yeah. big boards for families. So if you think about a charcuterie board, but instead of charcuterie board, it's nachos or it's tacos or Greek food or so I did yeah. the walking tacos Sunday and then out? well I could it wasn't really walking tacos because I could not find small bags of Fritos <laughs> and so um, I wasn't going to buy the mix like bowls bag. or cups or what do you use yeah so I so we did bowls and that was I that's so dumb but like how delicious to have a taco salad with Fritos by the way it was so delicious mm -hmm. and right next to us we have this this place um uh it has, um, I want to look up the very specific, it's called La Flor de Michigan ice cream shop oh. and it's ice cream and Mexican snacks. And Ooh. they have, have you ever had, you know, a lote? And so I took Gabby and we got a lot, she got a lote one day. And so she was like, Oh my God, I'm a lote. So we went and got three little cups of a lote and then mix it all together and had that on the, the walking yeah. tacos, which was amazing. Oh, and then, awesome. um, and then uh, last night we did a Greek board and I did yeah, like Mediterranean chicken awesome. skewers and I bought baklava just to see, but it was very anise. Oh, okay. Ooh, so, I would like that. Oh. Um, and so they weren't, it wasn't, I just like sliced up a few little baklava for us to all try, but that was fun. And I think for me, it's like, yeah, you know, all the things, but you just get bored with everything. And yeah. it's like, oh, even though, yeah, we normally do bowls. We normally do that. Just presenting it differently. Yeah. I don't know. That just clicked for me and is more fun. fun. And it's so funny because Gio never, you know, he sits at the table for five seconds and then he's out. But last night I had sliced up all of this flatbread and he has never eaten flatbread. And so just because it was presented differently, he was like, turn up the flatbread. And so it was like a way to get them. I made tzatziki sauce and like Dominic was like, what's this? And then he was eating a ton of it. And I just made it up. It was just yogurt. He was just eating yogurt. I mean, it was like with olive oil. I shredded some cucumber in it, garlic, lemon juice, and olive oil. But basically he was having plain yogurt, which is so great for you. And so, um, with, you know, olive oil and garlic and so anyways, but it was like, just because it was presented a little bit differently, we all tried new things. We had not served garbanzo beans or chickpeas, whatever you call them before, but they love hummus. And I was like, this is what is in hummus. And so they were trying new things. So I love the big boards for families. And so for me, for meal planning is I, I plan all the meals out Sunday, including the lunches. I do all the grocery shopping Sunday. Um, and I will try to to make a big meal Sunday that can be repurposed. So I did ground turkey with taco seasoning for the walking tacos. I think later this week we're going to do nachos or something to to use the ground turkey already made because we're going to we're going to be so busy. Also, I'm super excited for on the um the uh big boards for families is she has a uh pretzel board where you make little homemade pretzel bites and have all of these dips. Oh, that sounds. Really and I fun. found a recipe for gluten-free pretzels for myself. I was trying to find soft pretzel bites anywhere because I didn't want to have to cook, but I'm going to try to make uh, regular and gluten-free little pretzel bites and how fun, like she served it with, but you know, you can serve it with whatever, right. But like apples and fruit and all of this different stuff that maybe you wouldn't normally serve for dinner. Yeah. I think that's yeah. great. I think it's great that you're excited about doing something and you're kind of getting after it. Um, I'm on the boat of like, minimal effort, especially over the next couple of weeks. I mean, my kids are, have changed to a new school. So there's a lot of mental load that I still have with that. And 
um, we just did tacos and I've been, we had leftovers. And so I'm really trying to tomorrow for me, my routine this week has been to make a big meal every few days that has a ton of leftovers to kind of go yeah. for whatever. So it's like, yeah. I know today's busy. I know tomorrow I'll have a little more time. So I'm going to plan another big meal tomorrow. Um, that'll take us into the weekend. Um, I tend, I tend to, um, over buy and get ambitious about all the things I want to make. And then I run out of time. So I'm trying to work. We're, no, that. we're doing exactly what you're doing. And that's what Justin and I talked about is I plan like in the past, I've planned five different meals and then there's been food waste and I hate food waste or, so, the, or I run out of time and just order in then for that night. Yeah. And so that's why it's like trying to be really, what we've been doing a lot is having frozen pizzas in the freezer. And so instead of ordering in that day, it's like, okay, we have the frozen pizzas in there. Um, and so if we're just super can't do anything that's planned as a meal, but then also I really only need to cook two or three times and then we're just repurposing it in yeah. different ways or having leftovers yeah. or whatever, whatever it is. And, um, like today's a day where, um, Gabby and I leave at three forty-five, and then she is not going to be home until eight thirty or nine. And so it has to be something, either something that, that I will pack for her on the way, or we'll just get something while we're out. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. That's part of it too. Um, is just making sure that your kids are, but I have found time. being a busy mom who runs her own business and has three kids and they're all in activities that if it, if it is planned out for me, even if the planning out is ordering that reduces so much trust that I can look at my little notes Monday through Friday and say, okay, Monday, this is what we're having. That is a huge thing off my plate. Just that it's identified regardless of what the actual plan is, but just that it's identified what we're going to do. Even if it says picking up Taco Bell on the drive-thru, even if it says making homemade chili, whatever it is, I think that takes a lot of our plate, just having that identified ahead of time. That's awesome, Jess. Um, I use the reminders too. When I find recipes I like that I want to do for a meal planning for the week, I'll share the link with my reminders, you know, in your phone, you can do that. And then you can set a, a date and time for reminders. So I know like that's the thing I want to make. Cause oh, the thing is idea. it's easy to get overwhelmed with meal planning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause uh, there's so many things I want to make when I start like looking at things. Yeah. So how, so, how can you keep it simple and maintainable? Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, wrapping up the conversation, one of the things I want to share a link on, we can just, um, we'll put it in the, in our blog post and notes is what was kind of cool is the department of education, um, published a countdown to school success guidebook. And they talked about, um, or post, and they talked about, you know, things to do, um, you know, to have a successful school year. And so we'll put those notes in there too. It was about reaching out to teachers, um, getting into the groove in terms of um, sleep and a routine, which we talked a lot about, making sure we have schedules right, which we talked about, um, and a couple other things, packing smart, making sure your kids' bags aren't too heavy. I don't know. Sometimes you can't really control that. That's the thing. And then volunteering. So, you know, making sure you're, you're helping out your kids' schools as well. Everybody needs help these days. Yeah. I think that out. Absolutely. But I totally, I think if, if you're able to kind of get those systems set up, communicate with your family and just try to put in some, some effort and planning, I think that will really, um, take the stress out family for yeah, yeah. I think reduce stress and move everybody forward for a successful school year. Yep. So good luck, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com.